What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. If you're interested in self-development, how to build an amazing network or how to craft a life that you desire, this podcast episode, Joey, I felt like brought all three of those and more. Our guest today comes from Humble Beginnings, somebody who started his career off door knocking, literally (laughs) knocking on doors, created a six-figure income, but quickly after a year and a half decided that, man, that's not what financial freedom is. And he went on a road to figure out what that was. And it reminded me, Joey, some of the stuff that you talked about with your kind of transition as well. Oh yeah. No, this is like right up my alley because I saw myself and what Travis was saying, man, I was on that commission hamster wheel. And he talked about the true freedom being and being able to, to go wherever you want, be with whoever you want, whenever you want. And the problem is, is when you're on hundred percent commission, that income is so like it, it grows and it becomes a big number, but it always is dependent as our, our buddy, uh, Mark Podolsky says, it's solo economic dependence. It stops the minute that you quit knocking on those doors and man. So financial freedom is the opposite. It's where you have that passive income that is covering those expenses and that's what gives you the freedom that we're, we're looking for. I'll tell you, if, if you're wanting to learn more about Travis, you can go to his website, travischapel.com, or he's built an amazing platform for podcasters, aspiring podcasters, or those that want to be guests on podcasts at guestio.com. You can check it out as well. Yeah. And as you're listening to this episode, you're going to probably come to this conclusion that there's something in your life that is knocking on doors for you. And you're going to try to figure out how do I get out of that so that I can get really clear. And if you don't know, then we have a process that you can step into. You can either call one of our coaches and jump on a 15 minute free call at wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash free call. Just get in our community. We've built a passport challenge that is designed to give you clarity. And I think that that was my takeaway, Joey, after going through all of this self-development, building a network, crafting that life you desire, it all culminates through a crystal clear vision. So without any further ado, I want to share this episode with Travis Chapel with you. Let's jump in right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, Don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the show, guys. Today, we're in for a treat. The podcasting legend himself, 
Travis Chapel is with us. Travis, so glad to have you, man. Hey, what's up, Joey? What's up, Russ? How you guys doing? Good, yeah. man. I know we've been chatting a lot. There's a lot of conversations that we're going to kind of let everybody else in on. I, I want to start, though, with a, a, a moment in your life that I think probably was super pivotal. And it's super interesting to me for some reason, because I like to, I'm challenge-oriented. Your one of your first jobs at, at a college was in door to door sales. So I've got to mm. know, like immediately, like tell me about that first, that first door that you walk up to, <clears throat> and all the things that you were thinking is, is that were it was getting ready to unfold. Yeah, for me, it was probably a little bit, maybe more boring than you would imagine for <laughs> as what it would be for most door to door guys because I grew up really religious. And it, we, we were knocking doors, inviting people to church when I was, I don't know, six, eight, 12, 15, like all the way up. We had what we called soul winning on Saturdays. And we, that was literally just going out knocking on doors, inviting people to come to church. So when I was like 13, I was knocking on people's doors and asking them whether or not they knew for sure they're going to heaven and stuff like that, like really heavy topics and leading people to Christ on their front porch, on the door. So when I was, when I started knocking doors in college for, um, for solar, which is my first door door gig, uh, knocking doors was, you know, familiar to me. It was, it was not like the, the act itself of knocking on doors was not anything that was scaring me. It was the, the only thing that I was thinking at the time was like, well, we'll see how this thing goes. Cause it, at the time in college, everybody, um, the, the friends that I had that were knocking doors for this particular company were, were starting to become known in the college as the people who made money in college. And I had always had this desire to make more money and I always had that kind of entrepreneurial itch. You know, I was, was selling stuff to kids in elementary school and I was uh, mowing lawns and starting landscaping stuff when I was in high school. And so in college, when I saw people were making like actually decent sized paychecks, uh, which met, which was even more out of place because we were at a purely ministerial college. Um, so everybody there was going into ministry. And so when people started making checks that were bigger than the ones that they were going to get after they graduated and got a job, you know, it like <laughs> intrigued me. So the, when I was walking up to that first door, it was just kind of like a, well, let's see if I can do this, you know? Um, but it wasn't like the, the act of knocking the door itself was actually pretty familiar to me, but the, uh, the, the sales gig was a little bit different. I was selling something different, you know? No doubt. So, I mean, sharing the gospel is potentially a lot harder of a conversation than, hey, by the way, would you like me to install solar panels on top of your house? Yeah, a little bit more intense, a little bit more intense. <laughs> so the topic of conversation was a little bit easier, uh, a little bit easier going. Uh, the the dif the difference is I, I didn't get paid to bring people to church. So like you don't have, there's no pressure in terms of production, you know, like you want to do a good job, but there's no real benchmarks you have to hit to, you know, pay bills or anything like that. So uh, no quotas. Sales. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. Right. Staff is their quotas, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're given the great commission. We just uh, don't get a commission for it, right? Like, uh, it's not, not, not only in heaven. You get an extra brick on your mansion, you know what I mean? <laughs> the extra, yeah, you, you don't get the, that immediate gratification. Well, <laughs> for, for everybody who hasn't followed your story, hasn't read your book, followed your podcast, give everybody kind of a, a you know, 30,000 foot view. 
Yeah, that's a lot of it right there. I grew up really religious, um, very fundamentalist Christian. Um, not that way anymore, but that's how I grew up. And I uh, graduated kindergarten on the same campus I graduated college on. So everything, my entire life was lived on that one 20 to 40 acre campus. It was expanding when we were there. So um, by the time I left, there was a thousand student college, a 7,000 member church, a 400 student K through 12. Um, the, the school was private only, like there was no, um, it was closed enrollment. So only members of the church could send their kids to the school. So quite literally very much growing up in a bubble, there were no outside opinions allowed and things like that. So, uh, when I was going to college, the only thing on the table was going into ministry. So I went to the ministry on the same campus with all the same people and, uh, started doing door to door in college. And that's when I kind of realized that I really liked this business world and I really liked learning how to make a buck. And I really liked, uh, uh, the leadership that came along with being a sales manager and things like that. And so by the time I graduated, uh, it was kind of too late for me to decide to do something different in terms of schooling. Cause you know, I was 20, I got, I got married before I graduated, uh, to my high school sweetheart. So we got married, I was 21 and then I graduated from college four months later, uh, five months later, and then, uh, moved away for the first time. And by the time I moved away, I figured out I didn't want to be in ministry, didn't know what else to do because frankly, I was not qualified to do anything else. I had just graduated with a degree in Bible and church ministries. That was my double major in college, Bible and church ministries, um, which is already a pretty useless degree, like to go get a job with, except for the fact that mine was unaccredited. So it was an unaccredited Bible degree, which is basically just a worthless piece of paper and didn't really help me in terms of like what I was going to do with my career. And so the only thing I knew how to do at the time was door to door sales, because that was the only thing that I did. Um, and, uh, I figured that was a better option than going and working a desk job, working for some person that I probably didn't like or respect and, uh, being told what to do and when to show up, never liked being told, what to, being told what to do. So I figure I'll just do this hundred percent commission door to door sales thing. Cause it seems like a better way to make money. So year one, uh, made six figures and I thought I was, you know, I thought I was rich, uh, came, quickly came to realize that six figures is basically nothing anymore. Um, <laughs> and, uh, that was at age 22. And kind of a counterintuitive thing happened to me at that point, which was I made six figures at 22 in 20 hour work weeks, with, which you would think most 22 year olds would be pretty elated at that point um, and think they have everything figured out. And I was kind of like that, except I got to the point where I realized I didn't want to do that long term. And so now I am back to my useless Bible degree that doesn't do anything for me. And this skill set of knocking on doors that is only translatable to knocking on more doors. And I know that I don't want to go knock doors. So now I have like the only two things I've ever done or I'm qualified to do. I know that I don't want to do them. And so basically now I got to start from scratch again and go figure something else out. And that was the first time in my life really. It was just kind of a low point. Uh, felt super lonely, not really sure what to do, where to go. Uh, uh, really felt like I was doing the work of a 15 year old, except for that I was 23 and I had a mortgage and I had a wife and I had bills and responsibilities and I couldn't just like go sleep on my mom's couch until I figured it out. So I dove head first into personal development for the first time in my life, watching YouTube videos, uh, reading books, listening to audio books, listening to podcasts. And that was the first time I ever came across podcasts. After a while, I was just like, seems like this would be a really cool way to make a living if I could figure it out. And so started a podcast, no idea what I was doing, no idea how I'd make money, no idea how to monetize it, how I'd market it, nothing, just started a show. 
um, and uh, started investing heavily into into myself, my knowledge, my skill sets, um, my learnings, start traveling places, going to conferences, meeting people, uh, led to uh, doing podcast coaching and consulting for a lot of entrepreneurs. We helped launch a lot of uh, a lot of shows for people uh, because they wanted to know how my show was so successful. And then all of that led to basically where we are now, which is the software company. Um, all the people that we helped in our in our uh, coaching consulting business uh, all seem to come across the same problems. Which I, I don't know how to grow my show. I don't know how to monetize my show. I don't know how to get good guests. So we built a platform that helps people do all three of those things. And we raised some capital for that last year, about a $1.3 million pre-seed round and have been building that ever since. And that brings us up to speed. So yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy few years. Wow. That, that is a crazy um, kind of like fast forward. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can unpack from the point where you decided I'm going to launch this this podcast and, and then where that led from there. But the, 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 there's kind of three things that as Russ and I were talking about this online and, and thinking about you, that you really focused on self-development that led to where you're at right now. Yeah. And I think as we, um, as we help people launch into the inner circle and other things we're we're the main thing we say is investing in yourself is the number one place that you can start. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about that journey prior to the podcast. Like you dove into this self-development stuff. Like what, what was it about that, that, that kind of launched you into this path? My, my mind started to change for the first time in my life. Like I said, I grew up in a bubble. It was very dogmatic that everything that I believed I held to be 100% truth and started getting through life and realizing that, there's almost no things that are 100% true. Very few things that are black and white. A lot of things are gray and there a lot of it's just trying to figure out how to be a good human during the process. And um, I figured the best way that I can wrap my head around what that means is trying to be more self-aware and then trying to fill in the gaps of all the things that I don't know or understand. And uh, that led me directly into into more personal development, more books. The more that I learned, the more that I wanted to learn. The more that I learned, the more I realized I didn't know anything. And forced me to continue educating myself on those, on those things. But it, it really came down to the self-awareness that if like, first of all, the self-awareness of what I wanted out of life. Uh, I think a lot of people skip that step and then wonder why they're unhappy at age 50 because they've been working their whole life trying to please other people. And so the first thing I think was just becoming self-aware about what I wanted to get out of life and, and what success meant for me, because I think that it's a, a fluid definition depending on the person that you're talking to. And once I figured that, once I figured that out, it was very much like, well, I have, like, I know that I want to get there, but I have no idea how to, I don't know what path that is to get me to the destination that I want to be. And, uh, but other people have already been there. Other people are there. So I should probably go get to know some of those people and see how they got to where they are, uh, which fed directly, obviously into the podcast and made me want to continue reaching out to the best guests that I possibly could so that I could figure out how they got out of the situation that they were in to the place where they wanted to be. This podcast is amazing. Almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. 
if you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our passport challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. So what what was one of those like interviews that you had that that really opened your mind to something or you, you mentioned maybe it was an interview, maybe it was a book, but what was one of those moments that you can look back on and say that was pivotal? You know, there, I, I don't, I don't know if I can remember a specific uh, interview like that because there's so many, there's so many that come to mind that taught me a lot of things. But if I went back to the decision to start a podcast, that was all basically done through listening to a podcast. And uh, that particular podcaster was a podcast educator. And I saw, again, to me, it was like, I saw his story. I saw that he was in a place where he didn't want to be. And then he used this vehicle to get him to the place where he wanted to be. And that was interesting to me because that offered me at least some sort of a path that I could continue to take steps down in the meantime. Um, and so that led me to starting my own show and then starting my own show was like the beginning point of my entire professional development career up to this point. Um, everything has been a stem off of the podcast. Almost all of the dollars that we brought in in revenue in the last few years have been some way directed to the podcast, the masterminds that I've joined, the people that I've connected to, uh, the lessons that I've learned, the knowledge I've gained, almost all of it can be at least some way directed back to the show that I started and the shows that I've been on or the shows that I've listened to. But Travis, I'm going to mention something you just pointed out earlier was that once you got clear on what success looked like for you, like what was it that you're actually trying to become or what, what were you wanting to do with your time? All of a sudden, then it left you with, okay, I'm clear on that. Now I have to find my path. The funny thing is, is literally our whole process, we call it the GPS process. You have to have your goal, which is your vision of financial freedom. It's mm -hmm. our passport challenge that we put people through. And then it leads directly into what we call the pathfinder. <laughs> So it's like, you're literally spitting back to us exactly the same process. Yeah. And it's the vehicle then that leads you to what that goal or that vision was. In your case, it was podcasting. Um, for the people that are in our community, they're, they're land flipping, they're doing short-term rentals, they're doing, they're buying real estate, they're, they're doing all these other vehicles to get mm -hmm. them to what that vision looked like. Mm -hmm. um, talk a little bit, if you can, if you can remember back to that time when you got clarity, what was the life that you were trying to create? Because you may, you may already be there or you may be still in process, but what was that vision that you were trying to create? Yeah, uh, still in the process. And the answer is complete and true freedom was always the, the vision that I had. It was like, yeah, door to door was cool and I made decent money and I was fairly flexible in my schedule. I just, like it was 100% commission. So I can knock whenever I wanted to, but if I didn't knock, I didn't make any money. So I'd knock three or four day, hours a day. Like I was fairly flexible, but if I left and went out of country for a week, I didn't make any money when I was gone. And I had to come back and work harder or work harder before I left so that I could make up for that week of non-production so that I could leave. 
And uh, so that wasn't really time freedom for me. To me, like true freedom is all of the types of freedoms. It's financial freedom, it's time freedom, um, and it's location freedom. And uh, some things offer one of those things, some things offer a combination of those things, but not all three of them. And I wanted to be able to find all three of those things. Can I go wherever I want, whenever I want, and do you know whatever I want with whoever I want? Um, and the answer was no, and it still is. And, you know, it's not, and, and, and in some ways you'll never really get away from some of that, especially if you have like, f- you know, family responsibilities and things like that. But, uh, at least, at least that was the picture that I wanted for my life. And, uh, that, that's still kind of what I'm working toward. And that was what, that was what made me want to take huge leaps into investing into myself, by the way, as well, because I, you know, I, I think that everybody should invest in themselves, but maybe not to the tune that I invested in myself because I understood the path that I was taking was going to be completely different than most people's paths. Um, like I, it wasn't in my plans to go get a job that paid me a quarter million a year and then save 10 grand a month and then put it in this mutual fund and then let it pay me passive income. And then when I'm, you know, I can retire when I'm 45 instead of 65. That, that wasn't really my plan. My plan was like make as much as I possibly can doing something crazy. Um, and, uh, and then, and then do whatever I want after that. So I knew that if I was going to go that path, it was going to be a lot more difficult, a lot more stressful. Um, uh, but it would also get me to my goal faster and allow me to do the things I wanted to do faster. And if that were the case, I was going to have to go learn a bunch of stuff that I had no idea how to do because the current skill set, you know, that I had at the time was nowhere near capable to get me to the point where I wanted to be. How many iterations of that goal did you have? Like, I'm just thinking of where you were and what, where you came from. Right. So I would, yeah, there probably wasn't a lot of entrepreneurs around you growing up. It doesn't sound like so. Zero. Where, how did you craft that plan? Did you, was there just someone out there or two or three people out there that you're like, I kind of like what they're doing and that yep. allowed you to then start running after it or tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that was basically exactly it. It was like, at first it was like, I want to be, I like the reason I got into podcasting was I liked the freedom that came along with it. Um, and I liked that you could talk to people. I, I had zero plans of becoming like an online marketer or starting a software business or, building a funnel or running a webinar. I had no intention of doing any of that stuff. The only thing I wanted to do was start a podcast and get sponsors and make money. Um, and that's what I saw, you know, uh, this particular mentor was John Lee Dumas. And I knew that he was making like 50, 60 grand a month just on sponsorships. And I was like, well, I mean, if I could just get to, if I get to that, then I don't need all the other stuff. You know, like at the time that was all my, my brain was that, you know, my, like I was happy making 10 to 15 grand a month knocking doors, you know? So I wasn't thinking about a hundred K month, 200 K month, 500 K month or exiting a business or, 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 you know, multiples or valuations. I wasn't thinking about any of that stuff. I was just thinking like, what's a cool way to make revenue that allows me to have freedom and also, um, you know, buy the stuff that I want to buy, travel where I want to travel, take care of my family and my friends and, live a good life. Um, so that was version one was just have a podcast, make money on sponsors. That's it. Gotcha. Well, and, and you've mentioned this, uh, you know, but previously with us about your network, I mean, the whole reason you were able to build Guestio, this platform is because you created a podcast that brought in amazing guests and now that's your network. And so talk a little bit about, the value of that for someone who I'm, I'm talking to the person right now who's listening, who's running on the treadmill, you know, uh, driving down the, the highway and they're going to a job that they don't love 
and they're like nodding their head the whole time. Travis, yes, I do not want to knock doors. They may not be knocking doors that they're doing, but they don't want to do whatever that is. But they don't see themselves as a podcaster yet, mm-hmm. right? They don't see the point. They don't see a connection. Talk about the value of that, building that network and and what that might look like for that person who is listening to you right now saying, yes, I want out of this prison. Sure. I'm a huge believer in if you don't have the if you don't have the answer or the roadmap to getting where you want to go, somebody else already has it. Like you, you don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to create the next Facebook in order to get to the point where you want to be. You just got to go find other people who have been where you are and then are currently where you want to go and be around those people. And so that is a uh, sometimes difficult proposition if you're starting like I was, which is literally from scratch, right? Like when I left that world I grew up in, I none of the people followed me. You know, like I had some friends and, and still to this day, probably two or three of my best friends I've known since we were three years old and we're more like brothers and friends at this point. Um, but the majority of the people, vast majority of the people there were basically like, all right, good luck. You don't want to do the things that we want you to do. You know, like we're not going to throw shade at you, but we're also not going to help you. So it was literally starting my entire community of people over from scratch when I started my show. And, uh, the reason that I recommend podcasting as a vehicle for that is that it's the perfect way to get your foot in the door with almost anybody that you want to connect with, talk to, or have a conversation with. If you're just like going to try to pick somebody's brain, you know what I mean? Or you want to get a virtual cup of coffee or a real cup of coffee, like people are busy. If the person that you're reaching out to is worth getting in front of, they're probably not going to be somebody that just has some free time to go grab some lunch with a random person who DM'd them on Instagram. That's probably not going to be a winning formula for you. Uh, So podcasting unintentionally, by the way, when I started it, it wasn't about that, but I quickly started to realize that like, wow, I remember, I'll never forget. There was uh, two people when I was first starting my show that I wanted to bring onto my show. And I, uh, I reached out to them and I thought it was going to be like a, it was a uh, smaller or easier ask. And so I asked them for like two to three minutes of their time on a phone call. Cause I wanted to ask them a quick question. I was like, hey, I got a quick question. You know, I'm doing this sort of stuff. I just want to ask you one quick question. Uh, do you think we could have like three minutes on a phone call? Both of them replied with a no. Uh, one of them was just like, oh, I just don't have time for that. The other one was like, yeah, I got people in my mastermind that paid me $30,000 a year to jump on phone calls with me at any time. So it wouldn't be fair to them if I just did it for some random person. Hope you understand, you know? And it was just like, okay, no, totally understand. And then me being, you know, persistent door-to-door sales guy, I must have said something. It was so long ago now, I don't quite remember. They either saw that I was a podcaster like in my email signature or I said something about it at that point. Like, well, maybe at some point in the future, we'd love to bring you on the podcast or something. And without hesitation, both of them said yes. So I was like, wait, wait, wait. So this person's going to say no to me for a three-minute phone call where I can ask them one question and nobody in the world has to even know that it took place. They're going to say no to that. But then they're going to say yes to a 30, 45 minute podcast interview where I could ask them any question I want for that amount of time. And I can share that message with my audience and provide more value to them as well as my own personal brand because I get to associate myself with these like legends in this space. This is mind blowing to me. And that was like an aha moment for me where I was just like, well, 
well, this is like, it's game over, you know? And that's that from that point on became just, just that, that vehicle for me to be able to have conversations with people that wouldn't give me the time of day otherwise. And the more valuable my show became, the higher level people I could talk to because more and more people were willing to give me the time of day because they actually wanted to be on my show at that point. And then that's, you know, just grown and spread from there. Well, I mean, what you're hitting on is we've got to be building networks and mentorships, masterminds, meetups, podcasting. All of these are opportunities for us to build that network. Joey and I wouldn't have a monthly passive income report if it wasn't for podcasting. Mm. You mentioned John Lee Dumas a second ago. Joey and I were at Podcast Movement in um, in Philadelphia, right, Joey? And we met John Lee yep. Dumas at an event. We spent a little time uh, with him and Kate. And next thing you know, it's like, I didn't know who John Lee Dumas was. To be honest, he was not on my radar because we're just in completely different spaces. Sure. But because of you know, getting to connect with him, listening to him talk. I was inspired by it. Went and looked up his stuff. There I see him posting what you were just talking about, all the different passive reports that he had on his podcast. A little bit later, we ran in uh, to Pat Flynn at the same event. And I'm like super interested by what he's doing. I go into his website. He's got a passive income report. Yeah, All of these things became something I was like, man, how do we – emulate what they're doing because for us that's a concept so we actually built our own passive income report to to post to the world because of that right nice you you never know what where these mentorships and masterminds are going to lead to travis you you mentioned a second ago and i want to just touch on this because obviously we're we're running out of time here but the the three takeaways i've seen is is self-development so vital building your network creating and crafting a life that you desire what's the what's on the horizon for you what are those things that you're you're striving for right now that maybe as you said unattainable but mm-hmm. at the end of the day that that's what you have marked down whether it's for 2022 or your three-year goals yeah for me again it comes down to the freedom thing um uh so if you want more tangibles uh we have always lived kind of below our means let's so just frankly, how I was also raised, but also, you know, I realized a long time ago that delayed gratification is one of the only true common denominators to all successful people. And if I wanted to be successful, I should probably try to do some of that. So I never really splurged, never bought my dream car. I never bought a dream house, never, never spent, you know, money on really anything, you know, like I'm wearing, I'm wearing 30 or $40 shoes that I bought like two and a half years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like those things don't, don't really matter to me in the scope of everything else that I'm trying to accomplish. Um, and so, so part of that, you know, freedom I was talking about for me is to be able to not constrain myself as much with some of the things I'd like to splurge on. Uh, so the first thing for me is a house on land for my family. Um, I've, I grew up on a couple acres. I don't like having neighbors. Um, I would rather be by myself and have some acreage and a and kind of a ranch style property uh, for my dogs to run around on, my kids to play on. I can you know hit some golf balls in my backyard without hitting anybody else and um, uh, do some things like that. So uh, that that's on the horizon for us. Um, and then uh, in terms of our in terms of our business, the software company is just front and center. We shut down a lot of our coaching consulting type stuff, our courses, uh, because we're focusing really, really heavily into the software side of things now. Um, and so uh, so the software company, that's where we've, you know, 
they say you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket, but uh, currently that's kind of kind of how it how, how it is. And I've um, done a couple of angel investments and stuff to to also be thinking about the future. Uh, we are doing a house flip right now with my parents as well. Um, and uh, and so yeah, for me in the future, it's still freedom is still like the number one thing. Um, but now I have a couple of kids, so there's a deeper reason why I want that freedom. Um, and, uh, it's not necessarily just tied to like me wanting to see the world and travel and do the things I want to do. It's very much tied to being, being with them and not having to be away from them all the time, um, in order to pay my bills and make money. Um, I want to, I want to experience life with them, not after them. Uh, so there's a lot of those motivating factors and those are some of the kind of tangible goals that we have. Yeah. Well, when you have kids, you, you realize that money is irrelevant. One, they'll spend it all, but yeah. also that the time that we have with them is, is never coming back. And yeah. I, I could appreciate that answer. Man, it, if somebody wants to connect with you, give us some places where somebody could find out what you're up to. Yeah. Best place is just my website, personal website, travischapel.com, um, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L travischapel.com. Uh, basically everything I do is there. It's like kind of a hub. So you can see all my social links, catch me on. I do a lot more on Instagram, uh, these days than anything else, probably Instagram, TikTok, a little bit of Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, but more, more so Instagram, but, uh, you can find all my social links there. Uh, and then you can find my podcast there, build your network. My, we're also launching a new podcast, uh, called figuring it out to talk more about like life philosophy things with my wife and my producer. Um, and, uh, and then guestio is, is the big thing. So if you want to get booked on more podcasts or if you want to, uh, find better guests for your podcast or YouTube channel or blog or something like that, then guestio is the marketplace. that's going to help you figure that out. That's just a guestio.com, but you can also see that over at travischapel.com. And Travis, just just so I'm clear on that, somebody that doesn't have a show today is Guestio still something that they could do to be booked on other people's shows? Is that 100%. still okay? Yep, yep, yeah. You can get booked on shows, or you can book guests for your show. Awesome, awesome, Travis. This has been a real treat to have you here to share your story. Thank you for um, getting vulnerable with us about just how how you've gotten to where you're at and the success you're having. Um, I think it's inspiring. If you're if you're listening to this, this is a real possibility for you as well to create the life that you desire. And um, and that's why we want to bring people like Travis on here to inspire you to do that. Um, thanks as always for being a part of this show and we will catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.